Welcome to Simple Tech Talk, innovative topics and creative introductions to the marketplace. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Simple Tech Talk, where we take what can be considered complex and break it down into easy to understand language. And yes, we are back with part two of our conversation with George J. Chanos, former attorney general for the great state of Nevada, expert on disruptive trends in the marketing space, as well as a speaker, author, and chairman for Capriati Sandwich Shops. And we'd like to thank Board Active Software for proudly sponsoring this episode of Simple Tech Talk, available online at boardactive.com. George, let's talk about some of the lessons that you've taken from serving in the public sector and how you've applied those in the private sector, i.e. being chairman for Capriati Sandwich Shops. So it's all about critical thinking. You know, it's about how you analyze situations, people, products, and problems. You know, how do you go about addressing these issues? And do you go into things with your singular perspective or do you try to marshal the perspectives of others and then leverage those alternative perspectives to create a greater understanding of the problem and then engage in creative option generation? How do you expand creativity, inspire creativity and inspire option generation to create the 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 greatest number of viable options to solve your problem. So it really doesn't matter whether it's, you know, solving the uh, Israeli-Palestinian, hmm. you know, crisis or whether it's, you know, figuring out whether or not a sandwich manufacturer wants to use ghost kitchens as a new method of deploying their goods. In both of these instances, in all instances, it comes down to critical thinking. And the main thing I think that people need to know is that we listen to our brains because that's really all we have. You know, our brains direct all of our thoughts, all of our actions, all of our beliefs, all of our behaviors. But again, reverse engineer the process. What is happening with the brain? So you have essentially the same hardware that I have. And, and that all of your listeners have. We all have these certain muscles, these brains in our head that perform this function for us. But each of us is receiving a different set of information throughout our lifetime. And that's the input that is creating the software that your brain is operating with. Sure. So you're operating with a different set of software than I'm operating with. Both have the same hardware, but you have very different software. All right, so now that software causes you to have a different perspective. You see the world differently than I do. Your brain actually processes information differently than mine because over time, you've created these neural pathways and these connections in your brain through the activities that you've engaged in, the experiences that you've had, the information that you've been exposed to. Your brain has developed to where it is today. So now you might look at a problem and you might see A, B, and C. And I might look at the same problem and I might see X, Y, and Z. The important things to take away from that are that neither A, B, and C nor X, Y, and Z are necessarily the truth. Because if you're only seeing A, B, and C, that may be your truth. And if I'm only seeing X, Y, and Z, that might be my truth, right? But neither one of them is necessarily the objective truth. So instead of thinking of the guy who thinks differently than you, or sees the world differently than you as somehow threatening to you or to your worldview, if instead you look at that as an alternative perspective that you can profit from, 
because you can now take that information and marry it with your information and add it to your brain and allow your brain to process both sets of information and open your mind and consciously direct your brain to want to think about all these different perspectives mm -hmm. that you want this. You're actually searching for the truth. You're not searching for validation of your existing worldview. If you perform that way, you're going to be better not only at solving the world's problems, you're going to be better at developing the right app for your customer. 100%, George. I totally agree on the value of alternative perspective. After all, no Capriati sandwich shop customer is exactly the same. They all have different preferences. So it's important to get input and feedback in the business world. So how have you utilized this worldview in light of Capriati sandwich shops, mobile marketing techniques per se? Okay. So one thing that we're doing is uh, we're getting very heavily into ghost kitchens. George, what exactly is a ghost kitchen? Yeah. So a ghost kitchen is essentially a really a revolutionary concept in the fast casual and quick service industry in that, you know, today, if you if you search for a Capriati's, you're going to find one either at a inside of a of an inline strip mall location on a corner pad somewhere. Basically, inline retail is is pretty much where most of our stores are located today throughout the country. And that's true of Subway. It's true of Jimmy John's. It's true of Jersey Mike's. It's true of virtually all of our competitors. Sure. A ghost kitchen is a very different concept. A ghost kitchen is a company like uh, Kitchen United that goes out and they take over a warehouse building in an industrial zone. So this is an area where consumers are not traveling for food. Nobody has a restaurant in these areas. It's industrial, right? So you might be next to a box making facility or a, a shipping facility or whatever. You're in an industrial zone, okay? Now in that industrial building, a company like Kitchen United will go in and they will build out anywhere from 20 to 50 individual kitchens in that warehouse. So within one warehouse, you may have 50 kitchens. And then they will lease those spaces either by the week, by the day, by the month, by the hour. They will lease those kitchens to operators who come in and want to operate out of those kitchens and then direct the aggregators to pick up their sandwiches or their food items at the warehouse in the industrial center. So now what you do is, first of all, you require less space because no customers are eating in your restaurant and sitting down. You don't require parking because none of your customers are you know, going to be driving to the, uh, to the location. You don't need to pay the rent of an inline retail location that might be two, three, four, twenty dollars $20 a square foot, depending upon where you are. Sure. You're paying square footage prices that are based on an industrial location. You're taking up less square footage and you're creating not only one product, but you can actually create multiple brands out of the same space. So for example, out of our space, we might sell Capriati sandwiches, but we might launch three or four or five or six additional brands that are not named Capriati's, that have different names, different designs, different logos, different complete menus, and operate all of that out of the same goat's kitchen. And so now an Uber driver, somebody on an app goes and they, and they see Sunrise Sushi. 
And uh, Sunrise Sushi is on their app. It's on uh, Grubhub or Uber Eats. And they see it and they like it and they like the name and they like the design and they like the pictures of the food and it looks good. And there are items that they want to order on there and they place an order with Grubhub. That order then comes into our Capriati's facility Hmm. at a ghost kitchen and uh, Sunrise Sushi is one of the brands that we are executing on. We're not actually going to be doing sushi. We're going to be doing things that are more in line with sandwiches. But you could theoretically have a mixture of brands that are that diverse. And then the bottom line is, what is the quality of your food? And and what is the quality of your pricing? And what is your value proposition? And is the person who orders from Sunrise Sushi getting something that they love and that they enjoy and that they want to come back for and that they want to tell their friends about? And if so, then you've launched a brand without ever opening a retail location. And that's the magic of ghost kitchens. What a cool concept. After all, a brand is launched. They don't even need a brick and mortar location. And their marketing is done through word of mouth of the product. Was it good? Was it tasty? Are these people going to make another order? And again, in today's contact-free environment, brands can still thrive. Right. Super cool stuff. My friends, in case you're just joining us, we are with George J. Chanos, author, speaker, businessman, and chairman for Capriati Sandwich Shops. Now, George, in your books, you talk heavily on neural pathways and the route from the amygdala to the prefrontal cortex. So I'd like to talk about how brands, specifically Capriati Sandwich Shops, are utilizing these neural pathways and playing to the emotional aspects of the human brain in your mobile marketing campaigns to your app users. Okay, so we know from cinema and from books and literature and essentially from human history that stories are one of the most effective ways to communicate. And so one of the things that we we try to do at Capriati's is tell our story. And we have a remarkable story. This is a, a brand that's over 40 years old. It goes back to Delaware. Two sisters and a brother began the company out of their home in Delaware, and they became an overnight sensation in Delaware. There were, cl- there were cars that were lined up in the snow around the block, you know, waiting to get their sandwiches from the first uh, Capriati's on Union Street in Delaware in Wilmington. And from that time, the brand grew and it developed such a cult following that it's really unlike most brands in, in, in the country. It's, it's like an Apple or a Google um, that, that has this fanatical fan base where people for the past 40 years have done some extraordinary things in support of these sandwiches. Like, you know, we have people that have blogged four pages about um, how it's been life changing for them, comparing it to how they think it's greater than sex, you know, kind of ridiculous. But they say this and uh, they say it's, you know, it's it's what they imagine heroin would be like. And I mean, just some wild things that our fans uh, believe and say about our products. We have people that have one woman contacted the company and said, my my husband's having his birthday. He loves Capriati's. You know, the closest Capriati's to us is four states away. I have I have to drive 12 hours to go get the sandwiches. Can you mail me some sandwiches? And we said, look, we, we don't you know mail sandwiches, but we will send you some swag. We'll send you some hats and some T-shirts and we'll send you some things for your husband's birthday. And uh, she said, oh, that would be wonderful. That would be fantastic. And she wrote us back and said, you know, we had a fabulous birthday. 
I actually did drive the 12 hours <laughs> and I got my sandwiches and we loved the gifts and we loved the swag. And, you know, so it, it's we had a wedding. We did a promotion here in town uh, in Las Vegas at a little chapel where we invited our fans to come and marry their sandwiches. And we had 200 people that went out and rented tuxedos and went out and bought sandwiches and stood in line to marry their sandwiches. I mean, that's the kind of fanatical fan base that Capriati's has. So what we do in our advertising and in our marketing is we talk about that history. We talk about that level of consumer acceptance. And, um, you know, we talk about uh, all the awards that we've won all over the country. Greatest, you know, sandwich in America and, uh, you know, best sandwich in Delaware for 30 years and best sandwich in Vegas for 20 years. And, you know. These types of things are the things that we leverage to let new customers know that this is what people just like them feel about our product. So chances are, if you come in and eat it, you're going to feel the same way. And that's just it, right? Making it a personalized experience for every Capriati sandwich lover. Because as you mentioned, you guys are located in several different states and no two sandwich lovers are the same, right? They've all married different sandwiches, as you've said, and they all have different birthdays. And there are software integrations that can help sort these app users out so that they can be sent these messages that matter to them, whether it's a birthday push notification, wishing them happy birthday and providing them a little bit of love. Also, geographical sandwich releases, right? Or even special offers, depending on where they're located. And then sending tailored messages to specific Capriati's mobile app users to encourage them to maybe venture out and try a new sandwich based off their past purchase behaviors, stuff like that. Software groups like Board Active, per se, that can help apps segment out users into specific audiences, right? Based off of customized filters that matter to Capriati's. Is Capriati's utilizing a software integration that truly helps make this a personalized experience for your app users? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Everybody, everybody who signs up on our apps, there are all sorts of perks that we make available on our apps for all sorts of activity that we are trying to encourage. So if we want you to buy a drink or we want you to buy chips or we want you to try a different sandwich than you normally try, there are all sorts of incentives that are built into our apps and in-store that um, incentivize that type of behavior. So we have you input your information in the app. We know when your birthday is. We'll send you out a free sandwich on your birthday, a notice you know, for you to go into this, any location and get a free sandwich on your birthday. So we do all sorts of things like that to keep the customer engaged and, and satisfied and, and to show that there's uh, more of a connection between us and them than the average retailer and that... Um, you know, we, we, we do it with our employees as well. Um, we're very much into building a, a family culture and a culture that is supportive of both our employees and our customers. So we're very attentive to these types of issues. George, we'd love to know how you guys utilize this user data to benefit the end user at the end of the day with campaigns for the present and the future. How does Capriati Sandwich Shops go about utilizing this data? No, we have a lot of that functionality and we are constantly going through multiple iterations and revisions of our apps. So we do have the ability, we do have information that, that customers have allowed us to collect about their purchasing history that allows us to you know, more precisely target them with offers that we think will be 
attractive to them. I'm very much against the whole broadcast wideband uh, solicitation of customers with uh, identical offers. I, I think that you need to, I, I think you're going to be much more impactful in reaching a customer and connecting with a customer if you actually are tailoring your offer to their specific needs. Absolutely. That is forward thinking. George, I'd love to hear about Capriati's role in the community and how you guys are giving back. We had a day in Las Vegas where every firefighter, there are 2,700 firefighters in the Las Vegas community. Any one of those firefighters could have walked into any of our stores, did walk into all of our stores and got free sandwiches. Wow. You know, so, so that was Fireman Appreciation Day. So we do things like that as well. We are a community-centric company. We value our customers, we value our employees, and we value our community. We try to show it in every way that we can. So since we're talking about personalization, I want to ask George a personal question. What is George J. Chanos's favorite Capriati sandwich? Wow, I have several. For the first five years before I became involved in Capriati's as a business, when I was just a consumer, for five years, I ate nothing but the meatball because I thought it was the best meatball sandwich mm. I had ever had. And uh, I just loved it. And so I just kept going back for the meatball. And today I'll still order a meatball, you know, every once in a while. But I also discovered the capistrami, which is a ridiculous sandwich. It's pastrami, it's coleslaw, mm. it's this Russian dressing, and it's just, it's so good. And then there's a sandwich that we have that's called a cheesesteak. And you can get a mushroom cheesesteak or you can add mushrooms and onions and peppers or whatever you want. I'll typically do the cheesesteak with mushrooms and then I'll have them add fresh lettuce, fresh tomato and fresh onion. It's just out of this world. So that's probably my go to sandwich today is the cheesesteak, the mushroom cheesesteak with the fresh lettuce, tomato, and onion. And uh, it doesn't normally come with the, the lettuce, tomato, and onion, so you have to ask for that. Uh -huh. But we'll put whatever you want on your sandwich. So if you come and you say, I want this, but can you add this? We'll add it for you. We want to do it your way. So those are some of George Chanos's favorites. But based off of the user data that you've collected from your customers on the app, what are some of America's favorite Capriati sandwiches? So America's favorite sandwich from Capriati's is the Bobby, hands down. And the Bobby is fresh roasted turkeys. We have a, a, an arrangement with Butterball where we actually have fields that they grow our turkeys from birth and they raise them to 25 pounds. We're one of the biggest buyers of turkeys in the country. And so we get these incredibly great Butterball turkeys and then we roast them in our ovens on premises overnight slow roasted so that in the morning you can pull the turkey apart and the, and the meat just falls off the bones. And that fresh roasted turkey goes into a sandwich called the Bobby. Hmm. It's essentially Thanksgiving on a bun. It's the fresh roasted turkey, homemade stuffing, and it's cranberry dressing. And together, that homemade turkey, that homemade stuffing and cranberry dressing are incredible. And so that's the number one. That was voted greatest sandwich in America by an AOL lemon drop poll uh, several years ago. It's our greatest selling sandwich. The cheesesteak would be up there as well as one of our top sellers. And cheesesteak, the Bobby, and the Capistrami, I believe, are three top sellers. So with Capriati's having locations across America, do you notice any regional or geographical differences in sandwich purchases? 
so yeah, we do. We actually see uh, differences in preferences from store to store, but they're not that dramatic. Hmm. The Bobby would probably consistently rank as our number one seller in almost all of our stores, but there may be a couple of stores where the cheesesteak is more popular than the Bobby. The Bobby, the cheesesteak, and the Capistrami one, two, and three can change positions in various stores, but typically they'll all be in the top three. Wow, this man knows his sandwiches. And George, you also know the franchise model well, so well that you've been a frequent contributor to the International Franchise Association. Tell us about that partnership. I recently had the opportunity to um, speak to the International Franchise Association annual convention in Orlando, and that was a great honor. There were approximately 4,000 people in the audience. These are hardworking entrepreneurial people from all over the world who have franchise interests in franchises that range from janitorial services to pizza to sandwiches to hair salons. I mean, whatever the franchise might be, they employ 8 million people. They are the lifeblood of this country in many respects. Mm. They are entry-level jobs for a lot of young people. And so what I spoke to them about at the IFA show annual, at their annual convention in Orlando was generally what I'm talking to you about, yeah. which is that, that there is this tsunami of technological change on the horizon and that there are certain things that we need to be aware of and that there are certain mindset, there's a, there's a mindset and, and an attitude and a belief system that will allow you to perform more effectively in that environment than another mindset. Let me tell you something, George, you're on point because this conversation has my mindset on the Bobby from Capriati Sandwich Shops. George, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you about these disruptive trends, practices of mobile app user engagement, retention, and personalization approaches. Thank you so much for your time today, George, on Simple Tech Talk. And we look forward to having you back. We'd love to hear about how your books are doing and all that Capriati Sandwich Shops are up to in the very near future. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you, George, and everybody else who took the time to listen to this episode of Simple Tech Talk, proudly sponsored by Board Active Software, available online at BoardActive.com. We'll talk real soon. Have a great day and take care. Thanks for listening to Simple Tech Talk. Visit us online at BoardActive.com and follow us on the socials. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.